welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show inspired by the show Too Beautiful to Live. I am Michael Andrew Frizzell, also known as Drew McFrizz, the jail dude. I am the longest running co-brogan of LRB, coming to you from the Deerblind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manchac, Texas. My co-host this morning, starting from left to right on your podcasting dial from the ice-covered Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. I have a question. How come yes. you never use my full name? You introduce other people uh, by their full names, but you never use mine. What? What did, did we have a new nickname for you? The A, the A, the A bomb, the A, the A bone, A bone, yeah, A bone. Right. I didn't want to say A hole <laughs> uh, because you're certainly not that. But the A bone. Do you do you want me to start using that? Or I don't know. Do you no. Want me to just get your middle name in there. I just wondered because you introduced yourself as uh, Michael Andrew Frizzell and you introduce other people by their full government sometimes, but you never do it for me. So I just wondered. I just actually wondered uh, well, if you knew my full name. I'm sorry, Anne. Maybe I, I guess I don't know your <laughs> middle name. And let me just say this. I say my middle name so that people will understand where the Drew comes from. Right. Oh, I that's, see. That's really more of an explanation thing. But Anne, what is your middle name? It's Anne. Anne Anne? No, no, no. You're, we, go, you're we call Emily her Ann. by her middle name. No, that's my wife, Emily Ann. <laughs> now I'm really confused. <laughs> it's the classic. It's Elizabeth Ann. Elizabeth Ann. That's even better than Emily I don't know Ann. if Sorry, you've Emily. ever said my middle name either. Do you know what mine is? Uh, Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. I know it. It's a classic. I know it's a classic. Grace. Yes. Good job. That's right. I like it. Thanks. I really like that middle name. I can't take any credit for it. Speaking of Meredith from the Home Advisor Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's the MVH. Good morning. Meredith Grace. Van Horn. Good morning, Meredith. That's me. Uh, As usual, we're going to talk about our own business as individual people. I like it when people say that. Uh, Then (laughs) drive... Dive right into a nominal recap of uh, the thin-skinned fellas over at TBTL, uh, Keats House, and then... Uh, Those gentlemen with the robust egos? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, paper-thin-skinned fellas over there. And then uh, then we'll let you know how to get involved at the business desk this morning. I believe it's uh, it's usually Anne, right? Get Indeed. Business? Yeah. But I have to throw it right back to you because it says Austin Peeps, and I assume Meredith didn't put that in Ugh. the run sheet. I've been getting I've been getting mad lately. Uh oh, and I get madder every time there's another Blur's Day. I mean, I'm already mad during Blur's Days, and then I'm mad when I realize that I'm listening to Blur's Day, um, that I haven't fast forwarded through it because almost every Blur's Day, there's another person or people from Austin being mentioned. I've noticed. Where are all these people? We've had get-togethers before, you know, and and we've we've even had the guys back when they used to like us, they would say that we were having a get-together, and these people never turn out. What's wrong? What's wrong with them? Why why can't we get It seems like I've heard at least tale of 50 people from Austin, and I've probably met 10. Hmm. So, what's wrong with you people? Show yourselves. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're reaching out to Blur's days. Reach out to me. We could, you know. Go drive around Manshack until you you find Mike's house and stand outside of it. (laughs) It's the one with all the animals. You can feed the deer, feed the mule. I mean, come on. Come on over. That's what I'm trying to say. 
I've been getting, I, I actually have gotten physically mad about this a few times. Um, mostly over the last couple of years, because I used to think there was like 10 or 15 at the most of us. Um, but I just hear these names all the time and it's, it's got to be in my, I know I'm exaggerating in my mind, but it seems like there's like at least 50 people in Austin who are actively not trying to meet me. <laughs> Maybe that's your answer, Mike. <laughs> I'm insulted. My skin is as thin as the boys. Oh, at this point. well, I'm sorry for that. People get at Mike. He needs friends. He can't just have us. Come on now. <laughs> um, I'm sure you'll be thrilled by this, Mike, but I had a TBTL dream that I want to share. If you'd like to uh, sing. Let me punch the out. Hang on. Can you <laughs> sing the theme song first before you go, please? Oh, sorry. Um, 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 what's my version of it? Uh, 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 jam Trucker. Because that's what I dream of. <laughs> I like that. All right, so I don't usually dream because I guess the dreaming doesn't come in the right part of the night for me, but I have been starting to dream a little bit more lately. I think I wake up in the morning and then I fall back asleep and that's when the dreams come. And I yep. had a TBTL, TBTL dream where Andrew needed to move to Minnesota for work and was looking for a place to stay. And I was like, oh, hey, you can come stay with me. I got plenty of room, no problem. And so he got to my house and then I realized that I only had one bedroom and we would have to share a bedroom. And I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm listening. I like this Dream one. logic. <laughs> and I thought, ah, no big deal. I got two twins. I don't have two twins. I got two twins. We can do you're this. Gonna, you're going to go all Mary Tyler Moore style. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, one day I walked into the bedroom and I looked under a wardrobe because we had a wardrobe apparently. And there was this uh -huh. pile of like gauzy fabric under there and all different colors. And I was like, um, Andrew, is, is this your material? And he says, yeah, I figured it was time to start decorating. So I got out my scarves and I look around and I realize that there are like drapey scarves all over the room like on the top of the oh. wardrobe and on the lamps and along the <laughs> chest of drawers and stuff and i like, turned like around. for a tony scott uh tony scott love scene exactly type, you know. exactly <laughs> and i turned around and i walked out of the room and i thought well this isn't gonna work and that was the end of the dream <laughs> uh, what's up maverick <laughs> <laughs> Time to get down. Let's take a ride on your cycle, and then let's let's get into the billowy bedroom and get down to business. But I don't know why my subconscious <sighs> would think that. Oh my! Andrew would like to decorate with scarves. Mm. So you could feed him cheese cubes. Oh boy! Did he ever go through like an Aerosmith phase? Uh, oh right! I don't see know. him dressing like that. That fits with the Dreamcatcher theme. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy with Van Morrison and. I don't know Donovan. what are they. Donovan it's, wasn't wasn't that was uh, the the guy on SNL um, was was said that to uh, who's the guy from Aerosmith? Steven Tyler. Yeah, he told that's where the Dreamcatcher quote comes from. He says you oh, look yeah. like a Dreamcatcher come you're to right. life. Right. <laughs> he says that he plays that character frequently. Keenan Thompson does, and he says stuff like this: yeah. "You look like a blah 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 blah," like in almost <laughs> right, every show. Right, right. And I never noticed it until Dreamcatcher. Is it is it the character 
uh, where he yells, uh, what up with that? And then Steven Sudeikis does all the dancing in his... In his uh... Jason Sudeikis. Um, I don't know. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he plays game show hosts so frequently, I can't keep them straight. Right. You know, I saw... I, I hate to admit this. Yesterday, I watched The Mighty Ducks for the first time. What? And uh, actually... You're actually, a little I, desperate for the, some sports content? Yeah, I have to... I, I'm lying. The other day, I actually... I had never watched Mighty Ducks... The other day I watched Mighty Ducks 2, mm-hmm. um, which I'd never watched before, before I actually watched the Mighty Ducks. And Keenan Thompson's in the Mighty Ducks 2. He's like the star player in the Mighty Ducks 2. Wow. Pretty amazing from, from way back in the day. And then, yes, I had to go, I, you know, I had to be a completist. So right. then I watched the Mighty Ducks, which I uh, didn't realize is a, it's a Minneapolis movie. It is. It's, uh, it's very much a Minnesota movie. That's peak Emilio Estevez years there. Oh, he's handsome in that thing. <laughs> he is handsome little little devil there, and he can skate, apparently. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't make yeah. it as a hockey player, right, though? He's too small. Probably. You know, Gretzky was small, but, you know, if you're fast enough, you can um, yeah, you can, you can make your way around there. You got to be fast, and you also have to be so good that your teammates will fight for you. You know, you can't be like small and not very good because mm-hmm. then uh, then when, whenever you get beat up, the your teammates will go, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, you need uh, them to, if you're small, to tear off their yeah, helmets and, and punch someone in the face with their gloves for you. Right, right, right. That's half the fun of hockey. <laughs> Most of it. Um, I think the follow-up question that everybody would like me to ask is, are you planning on watching The Mighty Ducks 3? I had no idea it existed, but but now I mm. I must uh, I must find it. That there's my there goes my afternoon. It's called D three, the Mighty Ducks. I don't think but Emilio I was just, in that one. I, like Joshua Jackson was the star of the uh, the the original Mighty mm-hmm. Ducks, who would go on to do that. Um, what was it? Uh, Dawson's Creek, I think. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't like him. I mean, I never really watched much Dawson's Creek, but I just remember looking at him and I'm like, I don't like that guy. But now that I know he can skate and, and he actually was good in that, in that movie. Oh, good. Anyway, there's your, there's your Mighty Ducks review. (laughs) I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the IMDb for D3, the Mighty Ducks full casting crew. Emilio was back. I guess that Mighty Ducks money is really enticing. Oh yeah. Joshua Jackson also back. Keenan Thompson also back. Nice. But, but they must have shot it really, really quickly after Mighty Ducks 2 because these kids' sports movies, you gotta, you can't dilly-dally in, to get the sequels done because those kids can get... Then it's 25-year-olds um, playing on, on Pee Wee League <laughs> hockey. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, D2 was 1994, D3 was 96. Yeah. Good job by them. Yeah. Keenan Thompson probably Josh already Jackson? was about 220 pounds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Joshua Jackson ended up being a pretty big, tall guy. So, yeah. Well, and, and I've always knows? felt like Maybe he's he kind of my age. And I was 19 years old in 1996. So. Uh-huh. Well, I'll, I'll do some more research on this. Okay, and, good. And, uh, and I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll, this, this and Bobby's pair update. Will be right. the, the features of the next Friday show, guys. There has been some pair intrigue. <laughs> New segment: pair news. Bob, Bobby should 
should ha- should have had to call in this week with his yeah. pair update. We shouldn't yeah. have to wait. Yeah, wait till so he's long. done working. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on from Dreamcatcher. How did that turn into the Mighty Ducks? Um, <laughs> but we have the return of Mike has ideas. I'm excited. What's the idea, Mike? Well, um, first of all, uh, Phyllis, if you're listening, turn off the show right oh, now. Oh, I know what this idea is. Uh, because uh, I have I have a couple of podcast ideas. Phyllis, don't, don't steal her. Mike's intellectual property. Yeah, she's really bad about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time I come up with a good idea, she's like slapping her name on it and mm-hmm. pitching her bosses and stuff. And it's, you know, it's disrespectful. You know, I love Phyllis, but it is it is disrespectful. It's very unlike her. <clears throat> anyway, so my first uh, podcast idea came from, you know how. Um, I think uh uh Meredith you're you're on board with on you're on the Emily train as far as British shows go you watch a lot of British television not just the baking show but like <laughs> you know dramas and cr- criminal stuff Some of them yeah and I not I'm not a connoisseur but but I'm into it Do you ever do you ever um you're watching one and that the accents are so, so thick and that you have to turn on the um the subtitles Oh yes Yeah I watch great okay. great British baking show with subtitles. Oh, you even the baking yeah, show. Yeah, and How I, you, I often Google the terms that they use because I don't know what they're talking about when they say that things are claggy or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My scones are quite claggy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Scones so, are the opposite of claggy, Mike. Are they? They are? I, don't know. I still don't know what it means. Well, claggy is sort of like something that's going to get Moist? Stu- like um gluey 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 yes that's it exactly because prue says things are gluey the quality all the of time. food <laughs> there's actually an article that i found last night because i was watching the, the the most recent uh season finale and it's an article of like explaining british terms to americans who are confused by the great british painting show <laughs> like, <laughs> right this is what i need anyway sorry continue yeah no 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 i mean this is what i'm getting at is like uh once like right now i'm looking at uh at the at the the subtitles on on espn because i have it on with the sound off and so i put on the the thing so that i when i when ann launches into talking about her dreams i can just you know right right catch up on my sports news so emily has that stuff on all the time and and you know and it's mesmerizing to me in fact i get more involved in watching the show sometimes than she is because she's usually you know making a blanket or something and then i'm sitting there and all of a sudden i'm i'm reading the show or whatever it is and i never thought that that would be me i I just never never even thought of putting on closed captioning but it's fascinating now that i i watch it with sports all the time um it's amazing to me that sometimes you'll get you'll get the person on the closed captioning that knows everything about sports and spells all the names right, gets all the terms right, and you're like, wow, this person's really on top of it. But then sometimes, like, you know, maybe it's Sunday morning and the A-team's not working. <laughs> uh, and you'll just get the most hilarious malaprops and, you know, just misspellings of names, and and it's just fun to watch. I think there are a lot of aspects to be explored in this space because I think we all turn on closed captioning for different reasons and we get different things out of it. So I want to do a podcast about closed captioning. And the title 
it, it's it's in it's in like you know brackets, and the title of this podcast is Indistinct Chatter. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, that's been happening with the, with this show. Oh, the, the captions are pretty good, but it's definitely somebody uh, American who is doing them for for Netflix mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times they'll confuse the accent with a different word. You know, it'll sound like right. they're saying one thing and it's not actually what they said. And sometimes they're mumbling. And so I get how that happens, but it's always, it's not always a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. And those are, those are shows that, uh, you know, they're on the shelf, you know, imagine, you know, you're watching live content, oh, live stuff. Like, yeah. Like how hilarious it gets because you know, they probably have tremendous holes in their knowledge base about whatever they're typing on. You when know? you're having to type in real time. In this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's really hard. So, yes. Yeah, so I've seen some captions go real crazy with the news where it looks like someone's cat just right. stepped on their keyboard because it'll just type O over and over and over and over and over and over whatever. <laughs> I like it when they yeah. are in like the middle of a word and it just pauses for a long time and you're like, oh, they're trying yes. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or you can right. see it delete sometimes. There's a little backspace, backspace, uh-huh, They go backspace. back. That's a good yeah. idea. And I bet there's been times when some really nasty stuff has been typed in oh, inadvertently. Yeah. You know, and then, oh no, backspace. Oh no, it already went out. Oh no. <laughs> um, so that's, that's my first podcast idea. I have another one. And and you guys heard about this last night because I threw Phyllis out of the chat while I talked. About right. It. <laughs> and um, this came out of uh, last Friday show where I was doing my own podcast while you guys were were, were doing were doing uh, LRB. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was doing the first episode of this podcast that I'm calling that guy. Uh, and you could use parentheses gal. Um, and what it is uh, is a study of character actors. And people that you would recognize and not know their name, like uh, Vincent Gardenia, oh, for example. Okay. Um, and and I thought, who who would have better stories that have never been told than these character actors? Who nobody ever has these people on their podcasts or on their talk shows. They're they're. Uh, I think the example I used was he's the third mean lawyer in all the John Grisham lawyer, you know lawyer movies from the 90s that guy yeah he was always an asshole you know he he was the guy who was chasing tom cruise through the streets of memphis you know on on all seven of those movies whatever was going on and then you know who he is and so is the the slightest description of who he is you're like oh yeah i know exactly who that guy is and then all of a sudden the guy's telling stories about how what was it like on set with matthew mcconaughey and and Matt Damon and Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, men and women are probably retired or close to it. So they don't give a fuck. They're going to tell some stories. I think it'd be great. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that guy. I, I'm i seeing a combination of these two ideas a little bit because one thing my parents have always remarked on because we've seen a lot of British TV having lived in England is that the pool Mm -hmm. of actors is much smaller so you keep seeing the same people turn up over and over and over again Uh so I think that there's a lot that you could draw from for the that guy slash gal podcast Mm -hmm. Uh and and I was thinking about um, because Emily used to date 
uh, a guy who came very close to that guy Hall of Fame status. Um, he's a, an actor named Joe Stevens, who I, I love this guy. Uh, we get together with him occasionally, and and I, and I just I love talking to Joe Stevens. He he was on the career path with Chris Cooper. They were both playing Southern cops in just about every movie in the 80s and 90s. And then Chris Cooper somehow graduated to American Beauty and Joe Stevens, you know, stayed a Southern cop. Uh, and then I think he eventually played a lawyer in True Grit, the Coen Brothers movie, which was, you know, a really good turn for him. But he never graduated. Like Chris Cooper graduated to being a movie star. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen to that guy or that lady very often. So I was wondering what goes through your mind when you see when you see him graduate. Does it do you are do you root for that guy or are you jealous of that guy? Or does it depend on where you're in your career as that guy or that gal? I don't know. You know? Let's, like, let's ask Luke how he feels about his class of people at NPR. That would be a very interesting mm. That would be a very interesting show. Just go down the list, you know, Luke, give me give me two sentences on <laughs> on Audie Cornish. On, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Just you know, I, I just think we would get some. We mm-hmm. would get some great stories. I think there's a ton of content there, and at this point, I think um, Phyllis can turn turn her uh, turn the podcast back on. Okay, because um, I'm I'm taking this to uh, what's that? What's what's the other one? Jewel case. What what's the what's the other podcast? Uh, I forget what they're called. Um, they have they have all the good ones. Jewel case. Gemstone. Gimlet? Yeah, Gimlet. Mm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Jewel case. Gimlet. Gimlet. Jewel case media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it to Jewel case media first. I'm clearly I'm clearly so organized with my idea, you know, that mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all I'm I'm really down the road with this thing already, so I mean the business plan is practically written already. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I mean, that kind of fits with this week of TBTL with all the cassette talk and VHS Mm -hmm. and (laughs) got jewel cases on the mind. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and do some throw your phones. We have a lot of throw your phones this week, including in the general category. And uh, thank you to everybody who submitted feedback on our new show format that we're trying out, still experimenting and figuring out how it's going to work. But we got lots of comments also on Facebook and some private messages. Um, But we got some throw your phones from Linda. She says, this is a hug your phone. I just listened to the latest show and loved the new format. It was fun to listen to the chit chat about TBTL instead of a laundry list of everything the boys said. The best part was the gal sounded happier. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Linda. That is the goal. I think we had fun last week trying it out, and um, it seems good so far. Uh, Bob Stein, our favorite Bob, um, called us the LRB witches, (laughs) as in the coven, but uh, that really does sound like a sandwich. And I was wondering what kind of sandwich the LRB, which would yeah, be. Yeah, now so I'm hungry. We'll have to come up with that. Uh, Bob has some good thoughts as always. Extra pickles on this <laughs> For sure. on, on that one. <laughs> one thing we were talking about um, clock radios and phones and um, and Hillary was saying that she has that song from Hamilton that wakes her up every day. And Meredith, you commented that you would start hating that song yes. if it woke you up every day. Uh, Bob says to Meredith's comment about hating a song that wakes you up every day. Here's my experience. 
In high school, I had my clock radio set to our local alternative FM station. For some reason, at the time I had my alarm set, invariably Janis Joplin. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Bob. Bob, I think Bob's older than me. What is the alternative radio station from back in the day? Do they just play different swing songs? (laughs) That's why he wrote alternative FM in quotes. (laughs) Anyway. For some reason, at the time I had my alarm set, invariably Janis Joplin would be playing Nothing Vaults You Out of Bed from a Sound Sleep as Peace of My Heart. Mm. Take it, does. <laughs> I almost, almost started to dislike the great Janis Joplin because of this, but being a true boomer, loyal to his idols, I could never give up on her. That and she was an amazing performer. Aww. Thank you, Bob. That was a great no, when I when, when I first saw that alternative thing, I was like, wait a minute. This is a medium-sized band. This isn't a big band. <laughs> Janis Joplin was awesome, but she wasn't exactly like a soothing voice. Yeah. So. It's not, right. Not going to lull you out of your deep sleep. That could get you up pretty, pretty Ugh. quick. I hate alarms. I do too. I really hate alarms. I've always hated them so much. I've hate I hate them to the point where they rarely go off for me. When I have to set an alarm, I rarely get to it. I'm the same I way. I just wake up stressed out about yeah. the alarm going off. I wake up I I don't know what's been going on, but for the past like month, I've woken up consistently every single day 10 minutes before my alarm is set to go off. And I'm not the kind of person who can go back to sleep once I'm awake. Oh, me either. Yeah, it makes me mad. Mm -hmm. Makes me really mad. Yeah. It just shaves 10 minutes off every night of sleep that I get. And I can't afford to give away 10 minutes. What's going on with this head? And and you know what's really bad for getting back to sleep is being mad. (laughs) It's it's, it's one of the worst things. God damn it. Oh, I'm so angry. I can't believe it. Let me try to relax and go back to sleep for the the remaining four minutes that I have in my morning. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't even want it. You know, don't even don't even offer me that four minutes. (laughs) Uh, Well, may I offer an alternative Mm -hmm. is to be growing up and have your mom come into your bedroom and start bouncing your mattress up and down Uh, going. Oh, wakey, wakey. Uh, that's that's a double matricide. I killed my mom and I killed the mattress. <laughs> I have never been more angry in my life than when oh, she God. would do that to us. <laughs> Actually, mm. that leads into, we'll skip over Eric for a minute, but we're coming back to Eric. Uh, we got a, a throw your phone from my littlest brother, Aww. Matt, again. He says, wow. Sunday's recap was so on point, girl power forever. But it became a slowly crush my phone with my hand when Anne started talking about our mom. It's all true, folks. (laughs) As I described how we saw Kirby Puckett in the airport and my mom screamed, It's Kirby Puckett! (laughs) Kirby Puckett! Kirby Puckett! That's Kirby Puckett! I recognize a sports person. (laughs) No chill. No chill. Do you, do you think do you think part of her excitement was that you know she consistently was not a sports person and she was proud of herself that not only did she identify a sports person but you know Minneapolis royalty mm-hmm. in Kirby Puckett 
Um, her level of sports fandom was such that I remember her going to a Twins game once, and it was Mary Kay night at the Twins when her Mary Kay director <laughs> was going to get to walk on the field. And we That's left, a wild night. We left at the Mary fifth Kay inning because mm-hmm. my parents were bored. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, she's probably very proud of herself that she recognized a sport person. <laughs> they had to load in a few extra cases of Chardonnay for, for, for all uh, those Mary Kay, Mary Kay ladies. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get back to Eric. He has um, a rejoinder on one of the things we talked about on the recap last week, Eric says, hi guys, to be fair to Luke, Apple allows you to return the watch and other products, including phones for up to 30 days. And yes, the bands are easily replaced. Luke gets so much poop from the tents that I felt I had to defend him in this case, at least. Now, thank you, Eric, for clarification of the policy, but I will say this. One can return the nasty sweated in apple watch but should one <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that's great and if you want to wash uh if you want to wash the boys balls go over to slack this isn't the place <laughs> yeah um and uh finally uh these are very specific a pair from ross and randy on the same topic we we won't get to talking about it in the recap because it was such a small moment but i had to include it because i had the same reaction Ross says, Luke, Oslo doesn't rhyme with snow. I thought I was going crazy. I know. And then Randy said, ironic that Luke grew up in little Scandinavia and he can't pronounce Oslo correctly. I went Mm -hmm. and listened to like six pronouncers because I was like, have I been saying yeah. it wrong my no, whole no. life? I knew, I knew he was wrong. I knew he was How wrong. How was he saying Every it? Uh, I didn't he said Oslo. Oslo. Yeah. Oslo. Yeah. I've never heard someone say that before. Oh, Ugh, even Norwegian people don't say Oslo. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was the best nitpick mm-hmm. of the week yeah. as far as I was concerned. That's great. And that'll do it for Throw Your Phones for now, but I think we'll be back to them very quickly. Um, Mike, you want to take us into the Watch What Happens Live TBTL edition? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this week in beefs, as the ball turns, they, he, Luke didn't really talk much about his pickup basketball this past week. But you know, I was I was listening to your recap um, of the previous week, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, Hillary brought it up, and first of all, let's talk about the basketball for a second. Uh, did you all see a picture of the basketball that Luke accidentally took? From the, I don't think I did. You can't miss that, right? And no, it was huge. Flynn was taking up like half of the basketball. I mean, it was like it was insane how large that writing was on that basketball. You had to be so oblivious to have taken that basketball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, that's just a personal thing, Meredith. I hope someday you get a chance to look at that basketball because you will laugh. Um, to think that someone walked out of the gym thinking that, and if your name was not Flynn, <laughs> was it a show in pick? In all caps, it was. Okay, I'll go look. That you would that you would walk out of the gym with that basketball. But um, Hillary was talking about how the 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 stoner um, the stoner early morning basketball guy doesn't give Luke any thought. Um, I agree that the early morning 
stoner basketball guy is a stoner and he, he he's not getting stoned because Luke is getting under his skin somehow. He just gets stoned. So he's a stoner. I I do think that Luke gets under the guy's skin. Um because Luke talks a lot on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And and those guys get under people's skin. They used to get under my skin. Um, I was not a trash talker, much of a trash talker on the basketball court until you pissed me off. And then I'm going, not only am I, I'm, am I going to finish you like physically, I'm going to destroy you on the basketball court. Now I'm going to talk to you and, and make sure that you never come back here. Mm -hmm. So you look um, tired. Is that a good one? The shit that Luke, I mean, dude burned him when they were getting shut out or whatever. And Luke said, we need to score a basket, you know, or whatever. And the dude says, like, we need to have goals or whatever, you know, squad goals or whatever. He was just, com- that was a comment on the fact that Luke talks too much. It was like, yeah, shut up. We're getting our ass kicked. Just <laughs> let's, you know, whatever. It's six in the morning. That was a good point that Hillary made too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I had no tolerance for people talking trash to me at five in the afternoon. Don't talk trash to me at six in the morning because I, I may, I may just punch you and I'm not even a guy who punches people. It's like, I don't have it in me to talk back to you. Uh, but my fist has it in me to cave your face in. So (laughs) I was thinking back, um, to uh, a nemesis that I had at Sheridan. And, and I, I, I don't know if I told the story on this show, but I know I told it on TDP. But um, there was a guy at Sheridan uh, who hated me. And we, it, it all started, we, were, we played pickup basketball. This guy was like a couple inches shorter than me and really stout and strong, country strong. And his name was Butter. I don't know what his real name was. Like I never saw him on the call-out sheet or anything like that. So I don't even know what his real government was. But his nickname was Butter. Maybe that was his government. I don't know. But <laughs> everyone called him Butter. And we would match up against each other because, you know, we were relatively the same size. And he always wanted to match up against me. And I'm not sure exactly why. But he decided we had a rivalry. And and uh, I didn't like playing against him. Even though he wasn't as good as me, I didn't like playing against him because I didn't like playing against shorter guys that were really strong because... Uh, you know, they just gave me a little trouble. They gave me more trouble. If someone was taller than me, I could figure out a way to get around, you know, um, I don't know. So <clears throat> he always wanted to like, he, he almost always wanted to fight me. So I didn't antagonize him too much, but he would, he would trash talk, uh, you know, his team would get up like four to two or whatever. And he'd make the mistake of trash talking on a game to 15 or something like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this isn't going to work out for you. And then, it, then, then we win 15, four. And then I say, all right, next, you know, I wouldn't even be talking to him. I just look past his shoulder. Next. Who's next? <laughs> you know? So this guy fucking hated me and it, it just, it just happens that you have rivalries and I, there were guys that I hated playing pickup basketball. And usually it was the older guy. Um, the guy who would play in jeans, you know, and, and he'd be way better than you thought he'd be. And that's the only reason he's down there playing in jeans is because he is that much better than you think he'd be. Otherwise he wouldn't get picked up. 
<clears throat> so those guys kind of irritated me. But anyway, Butter hated me so much that he we took it over into another sport. We're playing hockey. Uh, we played floor hockey at Sheridan for a couple of years. They banned it after a couple of years because it's it's super violent. And uh, the 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 big feature of the floor hockey and the reason it was so popular at Sheridan and the reason every, all the fans turned out, like everybody would turn out to watch the floor hockey games because um, if you go to a regular hockey game, you know, back to the mighty ducks, um, there's a lot of stuff that happens on the boards. There's a lot of contact that happens on the sidelines. Like, like the puck will go into the corner and then you'll go get the puck and then people bodies are slamming into each other. Well, same thing in the floor hockey at Sheridan, except the boards had no give because the boards were the, the corners of the gym, which were stone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I played on a great team. I mean, the, the guy we had playing on our uh, center for us was a minor league hockey player and he scored a million goals every game. We never lost, but our big strategy was we would dump the puck into the, into the corner. And then I was left wing and then uh, skipper was our right wing and dump it into the corner and then you just go and you dig it out and you throw it out front and Bruce would just put it in the goal. Of course, his name was Bruce. He's right. from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. His name's Bruce, minor league <laughs> hockey player. It's a very, it's a cliche. Anyway, super nice guy. As you'd expect a guy named Bruce from Vancouver to be super nice guy. He is super nice guy. So Butter is, Butter is only playing hockey to kill me. He, he only signed up for the hockey league so that he could get me. And so he's on this other team and we're killing them because we killed everybody. Uh, but that's, that's not important. He, every time I check into the game, he checks in because he's hunting me and he's trying to hurt me. Um, because on the basketball court, he can push, he can push and shove, but until somebody throws a blow, he can't actually, you know, hurt me. But in hockey, he, there's a chance that he could hurt me legitimately without going to the hole. Uh, I mean, by segregation, I don't mean like going to the basket or anything. So puck gets thrown in the corner. He's been stalking me the whole, the whole day. Incredibly huge crowd. They love this shit because somebody's going to get hurt in these games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why football only lasted two years. That's why floor hockey only lasted two years. Uh, puck goes into the left corner. I go to get it. I know he's coming for me. I hear him. I hear the footsteps. I've already got control of the puck. Like, I'm ready to throw it back out so Bruce can score his 15th goal in the last 10 minutes. But I pretend like I'm having trouble. I'm, like, fumbling around with it a little bit. And the crowd's being quiet because they're anticipating this. I'm going to... He's going to get me. (laughs) I'm finally going to get got by Butter. Butter's coming. At the last second, I just step... I take one step to the left... Butter hits the stone wall, just hits it mm. full speed uh, with his with his shoulders and his face. <laughs> and he goes down like a fucking stone and the crowd <laughs> goes wild. <laughs> the sticks, all the all the players are smashing their sticks against the stands. All the all the fans are smashing, you know, the stands. Um, I've never been a part of a sporting event that was so that was so loud before and it was all i could do to not turn around and taunt and laugh because i know 
when Butter gets up, if he's if he's able to put himself back together, he's going to try to kill me. Yeah. But fortunately, he was he was knocked smooth out. So, <laughs> so by the time he came back to consciousness or whatever, I I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. I kind of tricked him. He knocked himself out. He did. He did. He did. But it was not my sport. Not my best sport. And and certainly not not my uh, biggest a- achievement uh, in my life. But I I don't know that I've ever been prouder of of, of <laughs> anything than than just peeking back over my shoulder and seeing butter just out on the floor because he had it coming, man. Yeah, that sounds really satisfying. He had it coming. Yeah, and that that all came out of pickup basketball. Wow, nice. I had no idea. The drama. It's like a soap opera. It is because you play with these people all the time and there's personalities. And that's one reason that I really preferred playing basketball to almost any other form of exercise because there's a social aspect to it. And I love that shit. You know, I just I just fucking love it. Like there are people that run around the track for I can't be by myself like that. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to feel my feelings. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I need to, there needs to be stuff going on besides the sport. Anyway, there you go. Wow. There's the, as the ball turns. I'm a little surprised that they gave federal inmates um, hockey sticks. See, here you go. Yeah. They gave us sticks and that was bad. Yeah. And I almost uh, went to the hole one time because, and it was, it was butter related. It was, um, it was a couple of games before that butter was, he was like trying to, you know, he was ha- he was hacking me. He was slashing me with the stick and he broke my thumb. Ooh. In fact, when he broke my thumb, he broke his stick. So he had to get a new stick and I didn't know my thumb was broke. I just knew my thumb was hurt. We didn't have gloves. And, and I, I, I remember I showed it to the, to the rec cop before, um, before we went back to the unit. I said, ah, oh, man, dude got me here. And he looked at my thumb and go, yeah, you should probably, you know, get on the call out for and get that looked at or whatever. And then when I got back to my cell, it was really swelling up and it was like double the size of, of, of my thumb normally is. And turned out there was a fight somewhere on the compound that night and we, we all got put on lockdown at like nine o'clock at night. And what happens when there's a fight and no one will admit to beating the person up or whatever is they, they do like a compound wine knuckle check. Oh no. And they came to our cell that night and and I, you know, my my thumb was just massive. <clears throat> and so they took me to the uh, captain's office and um, you know, it was like, you know, do you know this guy or did you do this? I did I had no idea who the guy was who got beat up. No idea. But I'm the only guy on the compound with, you know, swollen knuckles. So luckily the rec cop picked up his phone and this was like 11 o'clock by the time I said, call the cop, call the cop down at rec. And he picked up his phone and he's like, yeah, yeah. He got his butter fucked up his thumb. So don't, don't put him in the hole. Yeah. So I almost lost everything like my job and my cell and, and all that stuff over butter fucking up my thumb, breaking a stick on it. So there you go. Yeah. Sticks turns out not a good idea. Not a good <laughs> yeah. idea to give inmates <laughs> sticks to hit each other with. Somewhat of a miscalculation. 
<laughs> well, speaking of, of uh, bad ideas, I, I think the, the next thing we should talk about for this week in TVTL is a segment we're calling, I wish I hadn't done that. And this is Luke's decision <laughs> to hike up a closed mountain trail with insufficient gear and insufficient information on what he was getting himself into. He had gear? No, he decided against wearing the right shoes and went with tennis shoes and wound up in what, uh-huh. waist-deep snow or knee-deep snow at least? I question waist-deep. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's who would keep going in waist-deep snow? I mean, you can't keep going. Even Luke's not that wacko, right? I hope not. I don't know. It was It was a crazy story, and it was really... Uh, it sounded really dangerous, and it sounded like he actually thought that he might have some serious problems up there, but he kept going, which is still confusing. He kind of explained his reasoning, but I, I don't know if I would have made that call. I probably would have turned around. Well, I, 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 I think I agree with his call to keep going, because if you've been to Mount Constitution, which I have and Phyllis, of course, has, it's really nothing. It's 2,500 feet tall. And, and it, I think to turn around on Mount Constitution, that would be embarrassing. To die on Mount <laughs> Constitution, ooh, you'd be the first because uh, it's nothing. It's a hill. And I suppose if you're already four or five miles into the hike, mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm not wasting all this now. I must be almost at the top. Well, and it turned out okay. He didn't get frostbite or <laughs> die of starvation or Why break his leg. Why are the hotels so cheap? <laughs> because nobody comes here now because it's a it's closed. It's dark all the time and it's cold and yeah, everything's closed and that's why that's why the hotels are so cheap. The best part of this story was Phyllis. By the way, Phyllis was on Monday's show. Yeah, we <laughs> haven't uh, we haven't listened to it. I listened to it like three times. It was awesome. But the best part was Phyllis just laughing at him yep and at one point she said what the fuck is wrong with yep. you <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you man <laughs> he didn't answer no see this is why we need people like phyllis ladies on the yeah. show once in a while because andrew won't call luke on this right he won't right. say what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> yeah i'm sorry what <laughs> you did you did what I mean, this is just echoing what we've said, but we got to throw your phone from Justina that says, why is Luke hiking alone as a newbie? Why? Why? Oh, and then man. in all caps, why? Two <laughs> question marks. Well, at, at least he, he he's hiking on his own and going down closed trails and not open trails where there's a chance that someone might find him um, should he get in trouble. So, True. yeah, good job by him. Yeah, let's let's go alone down the closed trails. I think I really, I enjoyed the comment that you made the other day, Mike, which I think was, does Luke ever hike on open trails? <laughs> does he see open and just He's like, uh, no, that's too mainstream for me. Losers. <laughs> right. I, I have had this experience with hiking. Like I'm not a hiker, but I've been on a few hikes. And when they say that it's like a beginner level hike or easy hike, it's still really hard. Like you have to mm-hmm. do it a few times before you get what that metric means. It does not mean it's a, a walk in the park. Um, right. It may mean that there's a path, you know, it like may an mean actual that, trail. But it may not as well. Like I'm looking for something with a more in a tram. Maybe I can get a tram. <laughs> 
can I sit down for any of this? I, when I was right. in Hawaii, there... um, I was in Hawaii with Jocelyn and a few years ago and we, we decided to go on this hike because we wanted to see these waterfalls and it was really beautiful. And at first it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. And then it got to this part where there were no more, no more steps. Um, it was just sort of like rocks that you had to, uh, pretend we're steps and it was very slippery and there was another part where we had to cross a river we had to go we had to walk through a river to get across <laughs> to this other side Damn. and it got pretty treacherous like it was really really scary and there was no structure and there was no way to like let people know that you weren't okay you know it was really treacherous and it was an it was a beginner one level of your height. friends was lost to dysentery basically <laughs> oh it was scary so hiking don't you is mean no distant joke. terry <laughs> go ahead leave me behind you guys tell the world my story well we have to also talk about the the end result of this ill-advised hike which was him getting oh to the top <laughs> this viewing area and paying ten dollars or something to go in these co-ed naked hot tubs which is just is there... crazy to me is this Mike? Is this like a place where you stay? Is it a hotel? Is it just a uh, bathing facility? Yeah, that, I I've never stayed anywhere on Orcas because we obviously we had a place on Lopez, so there's never any reason for me to <clears throat> stay anywhere on Orcas. But it there are a lot of motels over there, and yeah, it's it. I I'm sure it's it's legit. I mean, it's not anything I'd be interested. In. I'm not even interested in hot tubs on my most clothed or naked day. I mean, I don't even, it doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. I, I don't know. I've never really gotten that because like I'll get in a hot tub and like five minutes later, I'm like, yeah, this is really hot. I don't want to be in here. I, ju I just can't <laughs> stop thinking about the, the bacterial stew that I'm sitting in. Sure. Sure. Like I'm probably getting, yeah, if you're not all alone right and it hasn't been recently, mm -hmm. you know, chlorinated, you're like, okay, well we're sharing here. Yeah. So they were like, they were, they were, Men and women and children, just clothing optional, whatever, people getting mm -hmm. massages. Um, that sounded strange enough, but then he describes this older gentleman. I don't know if he was older. I couldn't tell from his description, but a guy, a naked guy. <laughs> I think guy, you always assume that when you, th when you hear, when you hear naked, old, na naked, yeah, unashamed guy who doesn't naked care. guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's got to be you, like. You don't think, oh, 20, right. 22 years old. You, no, no. You think 72. Yeah. Um, takes his towel off and just just lets it all hang out while he's watching the the sunset or whatever with his child. <sighs> um, and Luke described his throbbing penis a little too much. <clears throat> purple, purple. Don't forget purple. Yeah, we got to throw your phone from Amy. That's just several shocked face emojis and an eggplant and an infinity symbol and a skull. <laughs> pretty much it i i don't know where luke got throbbing though i, I mean, don't was he know. holding it you really don't know unless you're he said it wasn't anyway. turgid which is his favorite way to describe a penis right. i think um oh, just God. maybe it was the cold i i don't want to think about it that he, much he just has a very limited penis vocabulary yeah. i think yeah just incredible i mean i think all of dude, us when we were dude, discussing dude's dong was cold yeah <laughs> let's just say yeah that. that's fine when we were discussing this week but we figuring out what we were going to talk about we're all like oh what happened except for everything that that happened on monday i mean it kind of overshadows the rest of the week <laughs> so it was mm -hmm. so crazy and so eventful it's a long shadow Oof. well and luke does a lot of work in this story to try and like um 
I don't know, uh, get over his own issues with the nudity. Right. As peace talking and love, about, peace and love, peace and love, peace issue. and love. This I get so tired <laughs> yeah. of it. Just have your own opinion. You know, you don't have to, you don't always have to like apologize. While you're right. He, it almost seemed like he was more naked that he was the person wearing the bathing suit than he would have been if he just shucked yes. it and gone along with the crowd. Oh, yeah. But he was doing a lot of work about over in Europe, they're mm-hmm. free with their, it's not a big deal. Fine, whatever, take whatever. it off or don't take it off. Yeah. Uh, the one thing when he was talking about the guy with the throbbing purple peen, um, he did, he said the guy came Lynn, in with did his- did you get that in the clear, Lynn? <laughs> he said that the guy came in with his wife, whatever, and then like their 13-year-old daughter- and I do draw the line there. Oh, I don't yeah. think that's okay to have a 13-year-old girl with yeah. all these like gross guys no. hanging out and looking at her body. That's not okay. I had a hard enough time. I've been to a Korean spa a couple times. I think I've talked about this before. But in Texas, there was one I, I, I went to with some friends a couple of times. And there's part of it that's... Um, mandatory no clothing it's not optional it's just you can't wear clothing past a certain point but it's gender segregated um, which I guess gets problematic at a certain point but um, I was uncomfortable with that and I snuck in there in my bathing suit (laughs) I got in trouble (laughs) (laughs) take it off it's like oh god do I have to take it off that's a weird reversal yep gotta wear a flesh colored bathing suit start whistling while you go through yeah, but you wear the flesh-colored bathing suit, and then people are like, "What's wrong with your tits?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's hurtful. Well, what I realized after being there, well, because so there's a three-drink ma- maximum. Yeah, maximum. And I was like, I'm gonna need all three of those. And after yeah. that point, I was a little bit more comfortable, and I realized that nobody was looking at anybody. Everybody was just sort of relaxing and and chilling out. And and it it was it got more comfortable the the more I went. It was okay, but nobody was really being weird. Um. It just was my own, like, just, it was just so foreign to me, you know? That's just never anything I'd ever done. So I guess that Luke just needs to do it a lot more? I don't want to hear about it anymore from him, (laughs) so no. (laughs) Well, imagine imagine if he'd been talking about a a woman's genitalia, you know, instead of a man's. It was like, you know, he can feel free to talk all he wants about this dude's peen, but what, you know, what if he'd seen some, I don't know, I'm not, I, I won't even say say some horrible things but none of us look good naked so let's uh how much did he stare at dude's peen that's i mean <laughs> it sounds like a lot and go and also the glance guy who was go. doing yoga remember that oh yeah yeah oh my god yeah i kind of felt for him there because there is that there there i mean the the guy with the peen is just like he's one thing the yoga guy is like... He's showing off is what uh, he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everyone see my balloon knot? Yeah. yeah I shaved. You know, <laughs> I, I waxed my asshole this morning so y'all could get a nice... Yeah. That guy ugh. has some show off demon and he needs to keep... Yeah. Lynn, did you get guy. that in the clear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we head out from the Monday discussion, let's do a couple more throw your phones on a very positive topic. From Scott, hugging my phone along with all the tents. Phyllis is back, baby. So happy for her. So happy for all of us. Also, it turns out poison sucks a lot less at time and a half speed <laughs> for sharks. I'm glad more people are doing that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Shannon says, for the past couple of weeks, 
I've been too tired and despondent to throw my phone due to three-hour shows and endless conversations about Buddhist food or something. I hear you, Shannon. But today, P. Fletch was on the podcast for Excited Marks. What? What a joy and a relief to hear her voice, and the show was engaging and not overly rambling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shannon, for that. Uh, oh, we forgot to put this on the run sheet, guys, but we're going to have to talk about it from Diana. I'm sure I'm listener number 4,347 to write in this hug your phone, but OMG, I love Phyllis. Her strategic plan, a thousand heart eye emojis. Let's talk about Phyllis's strategic plan. It was amazing. Um, we don't know what it is, do we? Other than that she had to reposition herself. Uh, right. To be where she wants to be by 60 or yeah. 65. I forget what she said. We'll go with 60. She started with the end goal and worked backward through the steps that she would need to take to achieve this. And that's what made her realize that she had to be moving on from NPR. So smart. And I think this is amazing. Uh, And it also makes me sad because I have no long-term goals. I was just confronted with this because I have a financial advisor who deals with my retirement stuff. And I see her every year and I saw her last week and she was like, so what are you thinking about retirement? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I I, I assume I'll just work until I drop dead at my desk, which in retrospect is a mean thing to say to your retirement advisor. (laughs) Like it's her job to make sure that I can retire. So I should probably be a little more gracious about it. But that and Phyllis's story really got me thinking of like, I really should kind of, because I don't know, I don't care. And I don't really know. Like, I like my job. I find with keeping, you know, I'm not one of those people who wants to retire when I'm 50. I, I probably, given the longevity in my family, I'll be around for a while. So I don't want to run out of money when I'm 80. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll probably just work until I'm 70 or something. Oh, God, that seems so long. I know. <laughs> so far away. But it's like when I think about what goals do I have? What do I want to accomplish? I'm like, I don't know. I want to not cry myself to sleep tonight. That hey, is like a good short-term goal. As I don't have anything past that. And it's very worrying. Well, I kind of, I kind of. Get all those scarves out of your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Upgrade to a full-size bed. Right. I, I kind of front loaded my goals. Like I wanted to go to college and I wanted to get a master's degree and I did that and I got the job I wanted to get. And now I have a house that I like and I'm like, oh, that's fine. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess it means that we're not going to be like a Steve Jobs type figure because I know I'm not driven in anything close to that oh, way. I don't care about that. I never want to be anybody nope. like that. <laughs> so as usual... Phyllis has it way more figured out than the rest of us. I wish I was a little bit taller. That's really all I have. I feel like that's attainable. You just need to go back to your 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 prosthetic people. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You are already a baller, I think, Mike. Yeah, I agree. I mean, really, you have choice on that. That's pretty Mm -hmm. good. Baller and a drywaller. You do have a girl who looks good. I don't know if she'll answer your (laughs) phone calls though. I could call her, yeah. All right, let's move on. Mike, you got the next topic? Uh, Okay, Uh, Self-Actualization Chronicles, also known as I Was an Asshole. Uh, Luke was 
telling this story about uh, when he was playing for Jesus Creek and they would go to Seattle Lutheran and those those Lutherans with their loose morals would play some <laughs> ACDC. Hey! Um, <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. <clears throat> uh, would play some ACDC to let their basketball team warm up and Luke was, you know, loved it and could, said, you know, he could jump jump out of the gym. And uh, I, I too was was um vulnerable to the acdc as far as like sports jock jams and all that shit goes but uh it was kind of my brother's thing he was he was an acdc fan and he still is he still goes to acdc concerts so are all the members of acdc still around (laughs) yeah i think i well the the original lead singer died pretty quickly but i think the rest of them are still still kicking around and he takes his daughters to the concert they had some good pump up songs you know that seems like good arena you know inspirational kind of stuff it really it really was it really was good for the purpose but because that was kind of my brother's thing and i thought i that i was you know i was obviously younger and i i thought smarter and cooler than my brother i chose a different band uh, and the band was called Angel City. I think in Australia they were called the Angels, and then there was already a band in America called the Angels, so they had to become Angel City when they sold albums here. But anyway, it was like a it was like a um, an Australian band from the same era of ACDC. So I was like, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go alternative, you know, you know, like like uh, Bob Stein when he went with the medium sized band instead of the big band. Um, <laughs> alternative so angel city way that they, they had a lot of jams you know just like kind of like acdc just anthemic things but they also had some pretension to them like i think the lead singer had read at least three books and the the, the guitar you know the bassist maybe had 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 read a couple books and because they had lyrics that had a little bit more thought into them or and, and less of the double entendre stuff than ACDC was into. And as I, I think I was going to go on earbuds and earworms and I was looking through, you know, all this old music that I used to listen to. And I was listening to the angel city and I was like, dear God, was I an asshole when I was listening to this stuff? This is terrible, you know? And, uh, just, uh, you know, self-actualization. I was like, yep, yep, yep. I should have just gone with the ACDC and just been your, your regular guy. You know, instead of, I'm your next level jock asshole. Uh, I'm listening to a different Australian band. Awful. I googled Angel City and their Angel City Brewery. Uh, I've never a, a heard Wikipedia. of this band. <laughs> yeah. Angel City IPA. Um. <laughs> well, obviously someone took the name and did a little bit more with it. Then I then I searched Angel City Band and I got to the Wikipedia for the Angels, parenthetically uh-huh. Australian band. Yeah, they're not big hair though. They're no 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 no. They're more punky sort of looking. Yeah 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 yeah. Well well yeah well ACDC wasn't really hair either. I mean it was just kind of scruffy looking guys. You know? It's all before my time, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I just imagined you sitting and listening to all the hair metal bands. No, I never listened to hair metal. What? Come no. on. No. Poison. Not at all. Striker. No. I don't know any more yeah. hair bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
Those are the only two. <laughs> um, let's move into a new uh, segment that we came up with this morning that I just called Days of Yore. Andrew had a very good day. That was his contribution for the week that Wednesday, maybe, was a very good day. He had lunch plans with, turned out, Carrie. She did not tell us until later. Uh, He had dinner plans with someone, so he had a whole bunch of time in the city to kill, and he brought his Walkman. Am I the only one that says Walkman? Is this a regional thing? Or is this an Andrew thing that he says Hmm. his Walkman? Huh, I'm trying to think of how I used to say it. Because every time he does, I'm like, what? both ways are acceptable. Okay. Like like Spider-Man and Spider-Man? Yeah. I know I said Discman. Yeah, Discman. He wouldn't say Discman. That's just dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I had lunch with Steve Discman. Cool guy, yeah. I don't know. Every time he said it, I, it was like when he says rolly bag. I just right. sort of <laughs> get knocked out of the conversation for a minute. Yeah. But he took his brand new cassette tape of, I forget, that he got at a place and his Walkman and he just walked around the city's city and listened to it and felt awesome. It was a very 90s thing of him to do some somehow it's like something from a 90s movie well singles i mean you're up on capitol hill i mean you're true you're mm-hmm. walking around with music true and there was a whole long thing about this is the problem with cars and why he hates cars yeah, because then when you have a car you have to deal with the car yeah. i mean he and genevieve chose to live in a city and therefore they're gonna have to deal with the cars and the parking and the traffic and the whatever. So I guess this is his way around it. They do have viable mass transit there, though, which you can't say yeah. for every big city, Detroit, mm, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not give Seattle too much credit. They're, they're about 35 to 40 years behind. Uh, a lot of much, 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 much more advanced mm-hmm. cities. Even Portland. That's the embarrassing part. Not Portland, Portland kicks our ass with mass oh. transit. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It's like it's like a dog with his ear flapped up. I mean, God, it could not be worst. more embarrassing. <laughs> so do you guys think that Andrew's ever going to get over this Walkman nostalgia? Because he even said later in the week that the sound quality was terrible. Right. It's sound yeah. quality is terrible and it takes up all these batteries. It's I just don't see the upside of this. It's... It's actually some of the best sound quality you can find in a doorstop. <laughs> that is true. It's <laughs> impressive for a doorstop. And he was very disappointed because part of the experience is the the um, cassette insert, the liner notes. And he talked about how it wasn't the way that it used to be. And I, I don't know. I guess I'll, you know, they used to have like the song lyrics mm-hmm. printed in like point. All there in the Gimlet case, font. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did like going through the insert. I, I, I did like that. Yeah. Yes. I, I miss liner notes. Lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Andrew is very disappointed that uh, this part of the wonderful day did not meet his needs. And I mean, maybe he'll have to get himself a disc man. Go to the next generation. Discman. 
disc discman. So it's it'll it'll be walk man discman. Then he'll get a zune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he'll download things onto his iPod. And then he'll be streaming and then he'll be caught up with everybody right. else. Even me, even I stream and I have a tape deck in my car, for God's <laughs> sake. I have really fond memories of walking home from school, um, holding my disc man like it was a, a gold cloche with a Fabergé egg on it so as not to bump it and make the CD oh, skip. Oh, yeah. Those were the days mm -hmm. back in 1990. Three. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as we're talking about uh, the nostalgia factor, one of the only non-TBTL related top stories of the week. I don't know. They're not even bothering to play the top story right. sounder anymore. <laughs> I think they played the it on accident one of the days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke wants to talk about the last buster blocker, as his grandma says, the, the very last blockbuster store in America, which is in... Portland? No. Somewhere in Oregon, right? Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. Okay. Small small town out in the mountains. I thought that the other Resort twelve town. the other twelve times we talked about it, I thought it was supposed to be the one in Alaska was the last yeah. blockbuster. Yeah. And now it's this like secret blockbuster. I think Luke read an article like seven years ago and he was still like, you know, going off of that, but mm -hmm. You know, th this this story checks out. One of my best friends lives in Bend, and it's it's very logical for this uh, Buster Blocker to still be in business because, as they mentioned, there are all these small towns, and they're all in this rugged mountain terrain out in central Oregon. Um, where else are the Rajneesh Purim going to, you know, go <laughs> rent their copy of The Devil Wears Prada, you know? it's It makes sense, but here's the thing. It has the Blockbuster name on it, logo, the marketing, and I guess that's what makes this a news story. But video's not dead. You know, video is very much alive it, uh, all through flyover country. Right. Um, DVDs, you know, uh, VHS. I mean, there there's a market for all this shit. These guys, they don't even, I mean, uh, coastal elites, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they think that everyone has, you know, 15 video sources and just can just torrent whatever they want right out of the air. Nah. Yeah. A lot of people still so don't have the, the internet country. speeds for that. And, and nope. And it sucks. They should, uh, but they don't. And a lot of people who may have access to the technology are not ready for the technology yet or don't like want older to use people, it. Maybe. Yeah. I was talking to my aunt the other day and she said to me, so, do you stream? What do you stream on? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> you can stream on a lot of things. It's not like you pick one way to stream and then you watch everything on there. Yeah. It seems like she's ready, though. Like, yeah, there are absolutely streaming salt shakers now and like. Yeah, I feel like I have 17 devices that I'm looking at right now that could stream stuff. Right, right. And they're all sending information back to the government. You know that, right? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I like the Great British Baking Show. Right. As Luke says, I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> it's a great explanation for allowing your information to just be <laughs> given away. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've always been in favor of that uh, as far as like um, traffic and and uh, speeding and all that stuff goes. But uh, you know, I, all the cameras in the world just don't just don't speed. You're fine. Exactly. But, um, but I think mm, it's a little too far. So this week in picky eating, Luke is at the uh, pizza convention, which I've been to yes. several times, and it is pretty great. At least the first couple times. Uh, you go, you can't even imagine, um, how deep into the weed or weeds that you can get at the pizza convention. But the particular story that they were talking about this week was that Luke ate meat and he's claiming to be a vegetarian. And I think that's pissing people off because not only did he eat meat at the convention, but he is, hasn't he said that he does eat meat occasionally? Yeah, I think I feel like this might be the first time he said that word. I mean, he he kept mm-hmm. saying over and over and over and over when he first started this, "I'm not a vegetarian." Blah blah blah. Just going to try to eat less meat, and maybe that was him just like softening it so that he could ease himself into it and not overcommit. And maybe now he's ready to, or he thinks he is, but I guess he's not if he's not willing to turn it down. Yeah, just because he's afraid of what people will think of him if he says no. I don't eat meat, thanks. There are polite ways to do it. I mean, I was a vegetarian for a long time, and, and, and I don't think I ever hurt anyone's feelings. I was never like, oh, that's gross. You know, I wasn't mean about it. It was mm-hmm. just like, no, thank you. It's pretty easy to do. Well, and it's not, I think Andrew made this point. It's not like there are very few vegetarians in this world. Right. It's a totally reasonable thing to say, oh, hey, that looks great. I'm a vegetarian. Do you have any meatless options? Yeah. It's not, it's not crazy. Um, but he, I think with the Wolfpank, Wolfgang Puck situation, I, I, he already was coming out guns blazing. I'm not like all those other reporters. Right. And he, I, I mean, I'm cool. I don't know I'm how cool. he would want to, how he thought that would get it off on the right foot, but saying no to a piece of beef wouldn't. I, I, don't know, I just don't get that logic. I think he's more of a gigatarian. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. I think we all would be, you know, if, if there are enough zeros there, you're like, yeah, what am I eating here? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Rabbit turds. It is. Is the check good? We got to throw your phone from Amy on this, uh, reiterating this. And she says in all caps, but he eats meat all the time. <laughs> Don't say vegetarian. You just rarely eat meat. And then emoji yeah. of carrot, emoji of a potato. Is that what that is? Uh, and Christy... Potato? Yeah, Christy replied to her, yet also judges pescatarian. Right. Because he did. Yeah, he did. He's like, come at me when you stop eating fish. He did? I must fish. have missed that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's sort mm-hmm. of jokey, but uh, he was acting like they aren't hardcore oh, enough. Oh, because the fish story from a couple weeks ago, yeah, probably still roosting mm-hmm. in there, the, you know, the sensitive yep. fish right, story. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, he's throwing a little shade now at people who don't realize that. <laughs> fish have goals and dreams do fish have 60 year plans (laughs) because if they do i'll stop eating them oh god the fish are doing better than me never stop swimming that's that's always the first the first line in there yeah when you stop you're dead i mean this was so interesting because luke was really caught in his own self-made rock in a hard place Right? Because these two things that he's really been into, number one, 
loving animals and not eating meat, although I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but whatever, uh, loving animals and not eating meat, but also being a people pleaser. Right. And those two things came to a direct head and he couldn't figure out how to get around it. It's the gigatarian conundrum. Right. (laughs) Gigatarian's dilemma. There we go. (laughs) Right. I like that better. So, and you made a note, Andrew would have stood his ground. Um, I don't remember this. He was saying that he, he wouldn't have eaten, he wouldn't have yes, eaten the meat that's or he wouldn't have, yeah. he wouldn't have eaten the cheese. Like he, he, he drew a very clear line. Like even if the most famous person in the world gives him some, he's not going to eat it. Right. Cause Luke was trying to get him to admit that he would have done the same thing in his place. Right. You know, but if, if Wolfgang Puck but offered viscerally, you a piece of cheese, you know, He's repulsed by it. It's a right. different right. thing. You know, right. Luke, Luke's like, hey, that's delicious. I'm going to eat this for my gigatarian job because it's delicious and I can forgive myself. And then, but Andrew would just throw up all over Wolfgang fucking puck <laughs> and then the story's over. And then, you know. Yeah. Right, right. L- Luke just couldn't grasp that Andrew's objection to cheese is not a moral one. Right. It's an actual. (laughs) Oh my God. They take the milk from the goats and cows. I just, what? This is horrible. Yes. So it was delicious things. It was pretty entertaining watching Luke just be like, does not compute, Mm -hmm. does not compute. Is Andrew's like, no, I wouldn't eat the cheese. I was just glad Andrew stood up for himself for once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Andrew would have had no problem getting out of that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said so. He would be like, oh, I don't eat cheese. Although he has been very embarrassed to say that in the past. Yes. Yeah. You know? Well, he said he would say it, but not how he would feel about it. <laughs> maybe maybe right. he would be, you know, kicking himself and, and saying bad things to himself in the bathroom later. <laughs> Stupid. God, Stupid. So Walsh. No, I don't think so. I think, I think Andrew has reached some level of peace. I think he has been so open on this podcast and talked so much about it that he is maybe achieving some, I don't know, some acceptance. Yeah, he's worked cheese hatery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like whatever. I don't. Jeez, also, or creamy, like, or... probably 90% of the people he meets in his life at, at this point already know. Right. So it's it's a more comfortable position than right. just an, being an anonymous person who hates cheese trying to make their way through the world. Did he say the other day that he doesn't eat hummus either? Didn't that come up? I thought oh, so. No. I don't know. That's what I thought, but it falls into the creamy category, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Poor Andrew. <sighs> But I bet he beats those garbanzos off of the salad bar at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $2 a piece. I mean, I th- when someone has a weird food thing, you, you find yourself like picking apart their, their logic, you know, right. like my, my niece, you know, just, I hate tomatoes. Oh, well, I just saw you put ketchup on every goddamn thing you ate all day. So um, let's be a little more consistent. Yeah. Well, I, I really think... In Andrew's case, and in a lot of cases, it's it's more texture and psychology mm-hmm. than anything. Oh, psychology! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking sure. I mean, That's he does work. he does like cheese. He enjoys the taste of cheese on pizza. Right. 
The rules are weird, but they are the rules. And mayonnaise, when it's not called mayonnaise, is fine. <laughs> I mean, I can't figure these rules out, but no, he knows no. them somehow. No, I yep. mean, the brunch people figured that out, though. Um, you know, they figured that out like 15 years ago. It's like, um, I don't think we can charge $25 for, for these poached eggs unless we say aioli. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, moving on to technology on technology this week, a returning segment. Luke, while in Vegas, uh, called the lift and got a, a notification that it would be a driverless lift. He was all excited to go in the robot car uh, and then was very disappointed when there was not one person but two people in the lift and one of them was actually driving the car. <laughs> when your lift come, when your driverless lift comes and you have to ask someone to move over. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he found out a little bit later that he had selected driverless car. He was like, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> well, okay. I don't want to be part of the beta testing of the driverless cars. No. I don't understand why Luke wants to, to jump right into production with this. I want I do. I'm down with it. I'm 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 with him. I was with him on this whole thing. No, I want the technician in the car, hands hovering on the ste- over the steering wheel, foot poised nope. over the brake. No. Nope. <laughs> no, you just want to go for it? Human error. Too much too much potential for human error with the you know, you're She's like looking at her phone with her other hand poised over the steering wheel. What if she makes a bad call? I trust the car. I'm excited for self-driving cars, and I think they're going to be better at driving than we are. But I'm not. Yes, I'm not fully confident that their algorithms are are, are great yet. Like I, I was just reading an article that showed that um, that self-driving cars are more likely to hit dark-skinned people because they can't see them as well. I'm like, well, we need Ooh. to figure that out first. <laughs> That's God, the discrimination never up. ends. I know. <laughs> we we need to make them just as likely to hit right uh, <laughs> light skin people, white people as black people. Okay, we've evened it out. We'll go ahead and release the product. <laughs> we're in our we're at our tolerance level, and one in every ten thousand uh, um, pedestrians, we're within tolerance on both blacks and whites. So. Go ahead and put the product out. I want it to be really good because I think we're going to be a lot less forgiving of a car hitting somebody than yeah. a person in a mm-hmm. car hitting somebody. Oh, totally. I'm totally on board with Luke on this. You you all need people like Luke and I on that dummy wall. Um, <laughs> well, I guess that's good for us. Because we're willing to just go, okay, you, know, you drive, do it. Whereas, whereas y'all would be like, uh, can't we get like four other people in here monitoring this situation mm-hmm. while we test it mm-hmm. out? No, 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 no. I don't really understand what the appeal of a driverless lift is for a passenger. I mean, apart from when we it's get all the, the bugs worked out. the same appeal that and... leads people not to ever want to make a phone call. You don't have you know? to talk to anyone or deal with anyone? Well, that's true, yes. but... People from... are done with each other. <laughs> we're We're all done with each other, aren't mm. we? Well, I mean, I've always been done with people, but I figured I was weird. <laughs> Everyone else is getting on your level. I'm glad and... you finally admitted it, Anne. <laughs> You've been done with me since we met. <laughs> Thank you for finally saying uh, it. 
I, I mean, I don't know. The whole um, the whole point of just driverless cars in general is that so you don't have to drive, right? You can be on your phone and read your yeah, magazine yeah. or whatever, whatever. Well, when you take a lift, you don't have to drive. So there you go. But but the the, the conversation though, you don't. But want I never talk to my Lyft drivers anyway. Say hello. How are you? Where are you going? I'm going here. And that's it. You get some chatty ones okay. sometimes. Yeah. Little MAGA hats. MAGA hat. Yeah. But also, I'm I'm very uh, off-putting, apparently. People don't try to talk <laughs> to me that much. People don't usually try to talk to me either. Like, even the, the people in the mall who will a- a- accost you from those little kiosks, mm-hmm. they see me and look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I love mm. it. <laughs> but Lyft drivers seem to have no problem. I was I was pitched a whole ride from my house in Dallas to downtown. This guy tried to pitch this other ride sharing app to me that was new. And I've never heard oh. of it before or since. So I'm guessing it didn't ah. really get off the ground. Yeah, there were a ton of them here when, when they banned uh, Uber mm. and Lyft from Austin. Mm-hmm. There were a ton of them here in town. And they were each more horrible than the last. Yes. There was one where it was like a Facebook-based thing where you would just go on Facebook and say, hey, I need a ride to such and such. And then some rando would come on there and say, yeah, well, go stand on the corner and I'll pick you up. And after I've done raping you, I'll drop your body off, you know, <laughs> wherever it. it is. Yeah, that, that, uh, that um, although, although I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not big on like monopolies or whatever, but, you know, a, a level of business of, uh, trust you know yeah uh, some least... sort of c- accountability is nice yeah yeah we know w- there's some tracking going on yeah like, we okay well we know now we know where to find the body because at least we were tracking <laughs> right we're able to track your device to where you dumped her in the yeah. woods all right i'm convinced that driverless ride shares are a good thing because the driverless no car is not going to kill mm-hmm. you yet yes no it's just going to run over a black person, then a white person, and then it's going to drop you yeah. off. <laughs> Sounds great. Fair and balanced. <laughs> uh, let's go on to the final topic on our list for today. It's kind of a small one, but I wanted to address it. The segment is called Hypocrisy Revealed. And uh, that is that we learned the sad news that Alex Trebek has stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, Of course, I think most of us know that pancreatic is one of the bad cancers. And um, insofar as that there are good and bad cancers, but um, odds are not great. Let's put it that way. And of course, since we are decent people on this podcast and Luke and Andrew are decent people, they we wish him all the best. But it did strike me that I don't think Luke and Andrew have ever said a single positive thing about Alex Trebek mm-hmm. in the six plus years they've been doing TVTL together. They have mocked him. They have played unflattering tape of him. They have talked about how bad he is. And now they're like, oh, we love you, Alex. We hope you do okay. I just felt that the hypocrisy was too big to go uncommented upon hey in their defense yeah you know you don't you don't watch a show that religiously without you know having some affection and some 
you know, some 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 real love of the guy and the format or whatever. It is not Jeopardy without Alex Trebek. I mean, there may be a Jeopardy beyond Alex Trebek. You know, the the um, you know, they may get Ken Jennings or some other host, and it may be a good show, but it's not going to be the same show. And one of the reasons we love that show is because Alex Trebek was Alex Trebek and and warts and all. And what what would you have them do? And would you have them come on when when they found about about the pancreatic cancer and go, oh thank God, finally you know, <laughs> he's get getting what he guy. deserves. I can't help wonder if you're not so much talking about their relationship with Alex Trebek as you are talking about our relationship with TVTL. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's listening more layered than I thought. So long and knowing so well that you can't help loving the show even when you know that the hosts are dinglings. That's really that fits really well. Hmm. Well, regarding re- regarding uh, Andrew's uh, tongue cancer, I'm he so fucking deserved it because <laughs> I just hate his food allergies. See, that's the ridiculousness we're talking about. You know, you, you you love you love them, so you criticize and it's and and you 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 root for him. We're rooting for. Alex Trebek, we're rooting for TBT. I want to bring this up because it's Alex Trebek, but I also want to brag about my friend Amanda from work who was on Jeopardy recently. Um, She won uh, the first night and lost the second night, but she did a really, really amazing job. And uh, she said that Alex Trebek was delightful, even though his interview was Mm -hmm. awful. I mean, just just so stereotypically awful for him. She does... um, so what he said in his interview with her is he he called her on accident a bedwetter. He said, "I read your bio and I thought it said bedwetter." <laughs> and what a horrible thing to say to somebody on national on TV. national TV. She's a mother of three children. She's a wonderful woman. What it said was bead weaver. She does bead weaving, really intricate, beautiful jewelry made out of beads. And he read it as bedwetter, and he felt the need to bring that up in front of zillions of people. So I, you know, hey, he read her bio. That's impressive. He did. Yeah. (laughs) He also. That's really impressive. He mispronounced where she's from, which is Livonia, Michigan. He couldn't say that right either. Uh So it was just a dumpster fire. But she still has very. She had very positive things to to say about him. She said he was a sweetheart and he was really warm and welcoming, and he made everybody feel more comfortable. Yeah. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy and his cancer. Oh my god. That jerk. All right. Well, you make a very good point, Mike. Wow. We're we're really making some breakthroughs this weekend. I know. Get that one in the clear. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, based on a little bit of feedback that we got, I forget who. Maybe maybe this was sort of a suggestion that came out of um, something that Andrea said, but uh, I thought maybe we could add some final thoughts if we had something that we thought, uh, that's a good spoof, or I can't believe he told that joke. Maybe uh, anything that really kind of tickled us this week. Uh, I think, Mike, you put these down. I, I did. I laughed really hard when Luke was telling the story of his monumental hike up 25-foot Mount Constitution. Um, 
when he was doing his video, he said, The Revenant 2, The Legend of Curly's mm -hmm. Gold. I'm a sucker for a Curly's Gold reference every time. Uh, and, then, and then he said, I died as I lived, not thinking things through very well. <laughs> so <laughs> accurate. <laughs> that was one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard him tell. So great. I mean, and I, I think it came in a moment where he was actually feeling a little bit desperate. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes makes us just a twinge funnier <laughs> when, it, when things are getting real. Yeah. My miscellaneous thought for the week was on Thursdays during the Blur's Day segment. Luke <laughs> made an allusion to the fact that they're going to go to Australia. Yes. And he tried to make it a secret hint, and it was absolutely not a secret hint at all. I, I missed it. How, how did that go? Well, probably because you were zoning out with Fury because it was Blur's Days. I think there was a person from mm -hmm. Australia like, in the Blur's Days, yeah. and Luke was like, and I shouldn't say anything, and I don't want to say much, but oh, we'll see okay, you soon. Okay. in yeah. Australia. Yeah. 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 The only thing I hear during Blur's Days is Austin, and then I, and I perk up and go, what the Fuck. Yeah, you were blacked out. Another seven people from Austin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we also finally had, again, I should have written down who suggested this because it was a great suggestion. Um, somebody asked us if we could uh, maybe still flag episodes that are must-listens. Like, hey, guys, if you are not caught up on your TBTL, you really should listen to this show and so i think we all agree that it was the monday episode with phyllis fletcher on it uh that is the must listen episode for this week with luke's harrowing hike up mount constitution yeah. and the throbbing purple peen mm -hmm. and the presence of phyllis fletcher that was a really great yeah. show so should we choose one episode a week we could I mean, let's and, see how it you goes. You know, we could make special exceptions, you know, or or, or like, no, no, this week, just right, skip it. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there will be a, a week. I mean, the Australia week is probably going to be worth listening to, right? Well, yeah, probably. I was thinking about that um, after you told me about this uh, alleged Australia trip. Could they get even further away from their base from their p1s <laughs> all right like what what's next year like the antarctica you know like every year they seem to find a way to get you know to further remove themselves from any contact with uh listeners i'm just dreading it because i don't want to hear their fake australian accents <gasps> oh yeah but then i can do mm. mine so oh, that'll work no. oh i haven't heard yours give it to me well, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> okay. Come on. All it's right. as good as Luke's. That's pretty good. No, no, it's I not. I like it. No, that's bad. No. And we're finally being honest with each other. Let me tell you, that's, that's, what? that's no good. That's no good right there. Well, I'm just going to have to watch Crocodile Dundee 1 and 2 mm. in prep. You watch all the rest of the Mighty Ducks. I'll watch Crocodile Dundee and we'll be ready. We'll start production on 4. Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> wow we're really tying everything up we're really bringing everything back 
And with that, let's move into a little bit of housekeeping. If you would like your very own LRB merchandise or merchandise that's about TBTL, like the raw t-shirts and hoodies, you can visit our website, littleredbandwagon.com. I'm very pleased to say that the It's Fine TM Tote with Hillary's face on it is in progress. So I do believe that will be arriving in the near future. Uh, The Archive Project continues if you'd like to listen to some old shows and provide your commentary on them so that we can uh, have a record of what went on all those years ago. That would be great. Contact Christy. Uh, Buy stuff from Amazon. I know you do. If you would use our littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon portal, they'll kick us a few pennies and we'll be able to pay our hosting costs. And that would be awesome. And this week on our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, Sad Songs, Round 2. They've already done Oof. a show about sad songs, but I guess there was a little more material. Hmm. Well, sad cover songs in one song. do say so much. They so do. They need they another do. episode. <laughs> so that should be, uh, if you need a good cry, I mean, I can cry for no reason at all at any time. But for those of you who are emotionally <laughs> healthy, that may be a good outlet no, you know, Anne, I, I find that when I cry at appropriate times, it actually feels good. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when I cried inappropriate times, then then that's when it feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. And with, for songs, that's a good time, right? The songs are supposed to make you cry. You cry and then you just feel like it worked out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you cried at an inappropriate time, you're like, somebody's on the short end of this deal. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, uh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Doing my old podcast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, if you want to get involved with the show, our website is littleredbandwagon.com. Please send us your comments, your throw your phone moments, your hug your phone moments, any sort of moments you've got throwyourphone.com. You can visit us on Facebook, our page or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And if you want to fax Bobby your butt or someone's butt or just any butt, it's 617-354-8513. Is there going to be a follow-up butt conversation? There has to be. Because there have been updates. Okay, because... So... A lot has yeah, happened. Yeah, a lot with that has bump. happened. We're going to save that for a Friday show. <laughs> but there have been developments. Yes. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jane. Nailed it. In our way, I guess. I didn't scare any cats this time. Well, you make a very good point, Mike. Wow. 
We're, we're really making wow. some breakthroughs this yeah. weekend. I know. Get that one in the clear. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs>